Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast, part of the 24-7 sports family of podcasts. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening today. Guys, I got to admit, it's been a minute since we recorded a podcast. And look, that's on me for sure. And the reason why I just haven't is because, one, for a while, we really didn't know, I think, where this whole coronavirus thing was going going to go, where it was going to lead as far as the the, the future of, of I, I guess, spring football and, and obviously basketball, postseason play, and just everything. And now all of that is so far behind us, all of it canceled, gone. And, you know, now I, I feel like I'm at a point where, one, I've got to roll out podcasts for you guys to kill time. Two, you know, there is enough to talk about for us to at least get together once a week. And so bear with me. I'm going to try my best to kind of piece together a podcast where we don't talk about any sport, any sporting events, any kind of uh, real news. And, and over the next however long we're going to do this for, I'm going to try to keep it as creative or as uh, unique and just try to give you guys something that you can kill 20, 30 minutes with. You can take some time off from, you know, working from home or, or whatever because nobody nobody seems to be commuting anymore. So however you're listening to the podcast, I hope it gives you over this time 20, 30 minutes of your time that uh, is is your mind's kind of maybe taken off work or, or what have you. So I appreciate you guys listening and apologize for it being a couple of weeks since we've done this. And I wanted to lead off with just kind of how I think coronavirus has affected SMU and, and on, on multiple levels and just kind of reset things, right? This is, we, we haven't done this podcast in a couple of weeks now. And so it's a good time to kind of reset, you know, where I think everything stands as we all kind of navigate this coronavirus deal. And so for SMU, let's start with let's start with football because football is probably probably has the most positive uh, you know nature around it. And for football, I really feel badly for because this was supposed to be a big spring and not only on the field but in recruiting as well. And we've talked about that on the site a fair amount. But for the football team itself, three practices in and a, uh, a fun little workout before spring break with Kaz Kazadi on that Friday morning, and they're done. Their spring ball's over. SMU's canceled it. Sunny Dykes canceled it. The conference canceled it. 
So they're not getting going to get these back, so to speak. I don't know what the NCAA is going to do as far as maybe allowing them more time in the summer to meet with players when if, you know, by that point, the, the, the schools are allowed to kind of have guys back on campus if it's safe or, and whatnot. So for SMU, they, they're, they're very lucky that they're not a school that's breaking in a new quarterback because for spring, that's probably the biggest thing for me that stands out is, is that SMU does have a lot of stability through all this. Aside from breaking in a new offensive coordinator and learning some new language of the playbook, you have Shane Bouchelle coming back. You you have Reggie Robertson coming back from, from his injury. You've got four of the five starters on the offensive line coming in. And defensively, you have enough coming back that there's a lot of continuity. And outside of Rhett Lashley leaving for Miami and uh, Garrett Riley coming in as the new offensive coordinator, there's there's a lot of familiarity. There's a lot of uh, the the program being already kind of set and, and, and expectations laid out and things like that. So I don't think when the team comes back in June, hopefully for, for all the schools, hopefully in June, that they're going to miss a beat. They're going to have, and everybody across the country is going to have, to deal with the fact that a lot of their players are going to need to, I think one, something that stands out to me the most is that strength coaches around the country, I think Kaz Kazadi is going to be one of the best at doing this, are going to have to be very, I think, careful with breaking guys back in because, one, nothing, and gosh, I mean, whether you're like me and, and you're, you, you know, I play, you know, hockey and work out pretty hard and, and do all that and, and just kind of am an active person, when you take this amount of time off that we're all having to deal with, You've got to break yourself back in relatively slowly. I mean, gosh, I you know went to a wedding in in Mexico, and before you know, I'd have blinked, and it had been you know about eight nine days since I'd worked out. And so over the weekend, I, well, more Thursday Friday, before all of the gym closings and this kind of blew up, I think in terms of you know self quarantining and all that, I kind of I went to the gym by myself and just kind of you know eased myself back in, did lighter weight, did this or that. Because you don't want to just jump headfirst, you know, into the into the shallow end of the pool and and go all the way, <laughs> all the way in on the first couple of days back. And so I think when when players and it's kind of funny. I mean, we laugh about it, but Mike Williams, the Stanford graduate transfer defensive tackle that SMU is getting, is working out on the side of the interstate doing footwork drills while he's sitting in a in standstill traffic during his drive back to Dallas. I mean, it's kind of funny, but that's just <clears throat> how it is right now. And it's a lot of the guys working out on their own. It's going to be a lot of guys doing you know, body weight squats and push-ups and, and, and uh, crunches and, and going on runs or you know, doing, doing uh, you know, footwork drills on their own. I mean, that's just kind of how it is because, you know, no gyms are open and there's really there's a lack of you know, training going on right now overall across college football. And they're having to do it on their own. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that stands out to me about all this is just how strength coaches are going to have to navigate getting these guys back, getting these guys back on campus and, and reprogram, reprogramming them in a way physically. I think mentally your culture takes over and SMU's got a good one that they've built on the football side of things. And so that 
part of it will be fine. It's getting the bodies, you know, like cars, you know, getting them tuned back up and ready to race. So that's my biggest concern. I don't think it really hurts SMU from a perspective of, you know, they needed to accomplish a ton this spring. And I say that in the in the grand scheme. You're not bringing in a new quarterback. You don't have a position battle at, at that spot, which is key. And they just have a lot of things sorted out already, I feel like. And so when they return in the summer, it'll be a lot of the you know weightlifting and getting into the playbooks and, and install and things like that. And then fall camp rolls around and then we'll have we'll we'll have the position battles. So that'll be the the fall camp will be as competitive probably as as we've seen just because there wasn't it there wasn't really anything to build off of in in spring. I mean, very few guys. I would say probably Austin Upshaw, wide receiver. I've heard I heard Tyler Levine at running back had a really good spring, and that's kind of it as far as who when you go out there just really made a mark and really asserted themselves in just three practices. So I think in terms of where it hurt SMU football, I mean. You look at the running back position. I mentioned Levine having a good spring, but you know it would, would have been a big one for Ulysses Bentley and TJ McDaniel to get more reps to Merrick Williams in there as well. SMU's going to bring in Danny Gray, going to bring in Thad Johnson over the summer, but Austin Upshaw could have staked a claim to more playing time. Tyler Page is competing for time, and so and then of course the three you know 2019 signees that are that are still very very talented: Calvin Wiggins, Rasheed Rice, and and Kiki Burns all those guys would have had opportunities to develop some more. So it hurts them. And it, it's gonna it, it it's not a net win that this happened by any means for anyone outside of you know that you're pretty much gonna be healthy coming out of spring ball. And so there's that. Now on the defensive side, they need to continue to develop their corners. So those guys will really have to put in the work individually in terms of their footwork, in terms of their craft while they're on this break to kind of continue to develop themselves and, and make sure they're sharp so that they're ready to go in fall camp. That's probably the position I'm most worried about. Even though you return some depth like Chase Cromarty, Trevin Calloway, uh, Cameron Jones is still recovering, but uh, those guys on the back end, Armani Johnson, Brandon Stevens still need to develop going into their second year as being starters. So for them, it's, it's lost, it's lost time and, and that hurts. And, you know, I, I think overall, though, I mean, everybody, everybody's facing this. And that's why I'd, I don't get overly concerned in terms of, oh, well, you know, this is really going to kill SMU in terms of you know, being able to take the next step. Well, everybody's got to deal with this. I mean, if you're if you're in Memphis, you're breaking in a new coach. And um, if you're breaking in a new coach and, you know, he's trying to in- install his culture as, as they make the shift from Mike, Mike Norvell – that's that's a pretty tough tough deal. So, but overall, in terms of talent development, I, I think you miss these spring ball reps. You miss them for the young guys. You miss them for guys in position battles. But overall, I mean, I think offensively, it's not going to hurt SMU that much, and uh, we'll kind of see where things go. Now, if you were out at SMU spring ball during those three practices, you notice one thing: there are recruits there every day. Really impressive. Uh, group that was on campus for every practice. I mean, from Preston Stone to Savion Bird to Kamar Wheaton to a ton of the top prospects that SMU has on its board were all on campus to, to come hang out, watch practice. And just from talking with a couple of them uh, afterwards, 
it's very interactive. I mean, they're allowed to ask questions. They're, they're right there in the drill or not in the drills, but, you know, watching the drills and they're able to kind of, you know, chat with the coach after and say, Hey, what, what was that about? What, what are you doing there? And so that kind of helps them take away some things that they can take, take back to their high schools. And I just thought that was a pretty cool takeaway. That was one that Caleb Ellis, especially, uh, and we have a story dropping on him, the Frisco independent safety dropping on him by the time this podcast is up that just how welcoming they are. And I think that stands out. So uh, really impressed with the group of recruits that SMU brought in during those three days of practices, but it really, this, and we'll see where this dead period goes. Cause right now it's till April 15th. I can't imagine it's anywhere. I can't imagine we'd be at a point where we're talking about official visitors or maybe even unofficial visitors until June. And I think that's just a safe play because, you know, you got guys coming from all over and it would be, it would just set everything back if somebody got sick or what have you from an official visitor and, you know, the first week of May, because I talked to Caleb and he, he, you know, said he had an official visit lined up and right now it's pushback. So clearly SMU's being on the safe side. They want to get somebody in for a weekend visit in June. It's probably what the plan is. Things haven't been scheduled just, just yet. And I think that's okay because when you look a lot, look at a lot of these Dallas prospects, they're going to want to be committed by the time their senior year rolls around. And especially as it's been so crazy and all of this stuff has really led to a lot of guys, I think, one, missing out on the chance to go visit more nationally. So you look at your Savion Birds, your Isaiah and Wilkabias, I mean, anyone. They've really struggled to get those national visits in because of this now. March is usually such a key, key month in terms of guys popping over here and visiting there and doing the unofficial visit thing and then working through, you know, where your official visits are going to be. So, you know, I think that in that regard, it really, it, it helps SMU because I think those guys know what SMU is about. And the longer that can kind of sit and take hold in their mind and as they kind of sit through and they're probably going through the recruiting process saying, okay, all right, where do I stand? I've got a chance to take a deep breath and kind of see where I'm at. Maybe there are some commitments that come from this and, and you can point back to it saying, well, I, you know, Isaiah and Wilkobia missed out on two official visits. He only took a visit to Cal and it was too far from home and boom, you know, he commits to SMU. We'll see. We'll kind of see how all of that goes. And I was just using that as an exa- him as an example, not saying that would be how it plays out, but I could see it. And now I'll say this, there's also, you know, the chance for coaches now that they're not in spring ball and they're not hosting guys on campus to go out and evaluate players more so in depth and kind of go back and take a second look. So if there are some high profile programs that, you know, maybe miss evaled somebody on, on SMU's board that's still kind of sitting there as like a low power five, you know, a group of six, a group of five, uh, you know, pro, uh, prospect, they can maybe go back and, you know, look, look at those guys again and say, hey, you know what, I really like that film. And man, he got one track meet in and he ran a 10-7 or whatever. Let's go ahead and put an offer on the table. Maybe that can can throw some things into a little bit of a, a mess for that prospect. And he says, okay, I know I want to go check out that school over, the, uh, uh, over in June. I think SMU does a really good job of kind of keeping it real, keeping it um, very casual in terms of how they recruit guys. I think they recruit them hard, but they don't, 
I think sometime, some somehow they've managed to make it seem like they're not, you know, all about recruiting him, and it's more just kind of a overall vibe that they kind of get him. I mean, whenever guys commit, it seems like that's what really stands out about the staff and just kind of how they handle things. So, long story short, I think overall the dead period is a net positive for SMU. I think with the Dallas kids they'll get a chance to host all those guys that they really want to prioritize and bring them on campus for an official visit. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's getting that done in June so that by the time, and we'll see what the NCAA does because they could come back and say, okay, well, the prospects miss all of March and, you know, two, three weeks into April, let's give them parts of July to, to go back and, and take visits and, and do officials. Now that, could be where it gets kind of sticky. We'll kind of see what happens with the NCAA, but July is typically dead. I'd be surprised if, let's say things push to May, I'd be surprised if, you know, into May and then June was the only, you know, live recruiting period where coaches can go out and see prospects or official visits and unofficial visits can happen. I'd be surprised. Uh, It's just a lot of lost time, but we'll see. I mean, this is uncharted territory, uncharted waters, so we'll kind of continue to track the recruiting effects of this. And uh, on the next podcast, I'm going to take some of your guys' recruiting questions, team questions, whatever you guys want to talk about, but I did want to just kind of reset that and where things stand. We'll do that with basketball on the other side of this break. I'll give you my thoughts on kind of how things ended and, of course, where uh, things stand as, as the administration navigates the coronavirus as well. We'll do that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Quick reminder, guys, during these trying times, take the extra few minutes. I know you guys, most of you don't have to commute. Take the extra few minutes, leave us a rating, leave us a, leave us a review. I'm checking that review page as well for topics that you guys might want to hear on the podcast. Uh, quick note on the NFL guys for SMU. I did want to address that. Marcus Hunt, former defensive lineman, released by the Colts and made way for uh, DeForest Buckner, who uh, was, uh, I think, signed. I don't think they traded for him, but he was signed. Uh, so they, they uh, released Marcus. So he's on the open market now. And uh, sent a nice, you know, thank you Instagram post out there to Jim Ursay and the Colts, and you know, said he's going to bounce back from this. I don't think he's done playing by any means. On the flip side of that, Zach Wood signed a new contract with the Saints, four-year deal worth four million dollars. So congrats to Zach Wood getting paid, and uh, what a story for him! Former SMU defensive lineman, 
kind of bounced around on, on the Cowboys practice squad and was trying to, you know, take over that the long snapper duties there. And I forget the Cowboys snapper name, but he's been a stalwart. I think he started every game of his like 10, you know, 10 plus year career. He's been unbelievable. So Zach Wood with the Saints for another four years, uh, I sent him a message and said, look, we got to we got all the time in the world, so let's get together uh, on the phone and, and talk about it. So hopefully uh, next podcast we'll have Zach Wood on and he can talk about his new deal as well. Uh, so very happy for Zach. He stays in New Orleans with, with uh, Thomas Morstead and, and Zach Line, uh, who are there uh, with the Saints now. And, and uh, Zach Wood was once the lowest rated player on Madden uh, and had some fun with it. If you Google it, you can kind of find the video where he snaps the ball back and it hits the Madden uh, video game case. So anyway... Um, congrats to Zach Wood, Manuel Sanders, Dallas Cowboys showing mutual interest in each other. That according to Jane Slater of the NFL Network. And uh, Kelvin Beecham, Chris Banjo still out there on the free agent market as well. And other than that, pretty much uh, kind of a quiet free agency for former Mustangs. And now, with that out of the way, we will talk a little SME basketball. So SME basketball goes out with a whimper. 0-3 down the stretch, pretty brutal. Uh, I mean, and, and we, uh, you know, I think we we kind of discussed uh, some of this um, last podcast we had. We were coming off of discussing the Wichita State loss, and then they go to Florida, and they lose to USF. They lose to UCF. They lost to USF in pretty incredible fashion. I mean, I've, I mean, I've just never seen a team and. And look, guys, some of those plays down the stretch were veteran players. They were, I mean, this as Jank likes to use the term inexperience. I mean, there's a lot of experience on this team. I mean, you're talking about Isaiah Mike and Ethan Shagwa played a ton of basketball. Fran Hunt's played a ton of basketball. Kendrick Davis played enough last year. Tyson Jolly has played it, uh, played it at the major junior college level. So. Look, I don't buy that. When you fall apart like that at USF, it's unexcusable. I'm not going to relive all that, guys. SMU was set to play in the AAC tournament uh, and and face um, Temple on that Thursday before the AAC was the first major league to cancel their conference tournament. They did that, shut it down, and then, of course, all the postseason play being canceled came right after that. So, was that Tim Jankovic's last last game as 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 head coach of SMU here's the thing and I could go I can go multiple multiple ways uh with this there's here's here's what I here's what I think I think one and and we've seen this around college basketball I don't think anyone either there's two things. Either no one's in a rush to do anything with this coronavirus, putting recruiting on hold, or it's just going to be a really quiet carousel. I mean, only mid-majors have fired their coaches or parted ways or however they have an opening. That's it. And we've seen Grand Canyon. We've seen Iona. Uh, Bryce drew Rick Patino off the market. SMU is never going to hire Rick Patino. I don't think SMU would have hired Bryce Drew. I don't think anybody that has been hired for any of these mid-major jobs would have been hired by SMU. So as you watch Minnesota and Clemson bring back their coaches and you're sitting there saying, okay, what's SMU going to do with Tim Jankovic? 
I truly don't think there's been a decision made. And here's why. One, we would have heard about it from, from somebody. I mean, last year it was John Rothstein tweeting it out that he was going to be returning. And John's pretty close with Tim, Larry Brown Tree. You know that anything John Rothstein gets, it's pretty much from Tim Jankovic as far as, you know, SMU stuff. We haven't seen that yet. So I don't think there's been a decision made. And I've tried to reach out to sources and try and get you know some on the phone and, and kind of get some lay of the land for how to navigate this. But, you know, there's obviously a lot going on. And one thing I'll say about this, David Miller certainly has had a lot of time to, to go through this. And, I, and here's where I kind of go to the next part of it. With all of this going on, he and Rick Hart and... All of those guys have a large amount of time to work through what they want the program to do, maybe on the other side of this. Maybe they're, they're vetting candidates. Maybe they're going through and they're doing their research. They're asking around saying, hey, what, you know, should it? it Maybe they're, they're, they're going to other people in the industry and saying, hey, what, what do we do in this situation? Because, look, and I've said this, guys, this program is not going to get better under Tim Jankovic. I, I, I just I firmly believe that. It's rooted in the culture. The culture is, is very poor in terms of what is being expected from the players, the, the level of attention to detail. And we've, se- we've seen that in, in so many different ways. And I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to relive this. So... Does coronavirus just buy him another year? I, I don't I don't know. We don't know. And I think we if if he would have been told, hey, you you here we go, another year, I think it would have been put out there by now. I mean, it's been the NCAA tournament was supposed to start today. It's been a week since SMU's game against uh Temple was was canceled for the AAC tournament. I think if they would have made the decision that he's coming back, we would have heard about about it by now. So I think in terms of timing on that decision being made, I, I couldn't begin to tell you where or when I think we can see that come down. Because I do think this coronavirus thing is, is having an impact on how schools handle either wanting to fire their coach or, or whether they're going to bring him back, like Clemson and, and Minnesota. I think you know there's, just, there's a timing thing right now. And here's, here's one thing I'll say about this, guys. If, if this thing drags out into the summer, let's say we're all sitting around here in the beginning of July and just now finally getting back to normalcy and going out and doing this and doing that. And I've made my opinion clear on Tim Jankovic. The, the, the best thing, and it might kind of be a weird way, but and I think this would be nationally, would be you just kind of sit pat and you say, look, I mean, I think when you go back and you look at it in, in the course of history, you just say, look, this thing affected things. And was was it a good time for us to be firing a coach, starting a search? And, you know, the, the students were supposed to be in there in the summer working out? Or does everything just get moved back and then it's business as usual as, as soon as this thing's lifted? I, I just think that, if, if you make this decision and you don't have anybody to lead your players through that they've never met. So think about that too. And I do think there's a part of this that, that as I'm kind of working through it, 
is a, is a, uh, is a good reason not to make a move is because if you fire Tim Jankovic, now you, you have guys on staff, you have KT Turner, you have uh, Yafet King, you have Jay Duncan, you have all those guys that could help out and certainly have familiarity with the players. If you have a head coach or if you have no, no head coach during this time, players are going to transfer, right? That, or at least enter the transfer portal and explore their things. So don't freak out because it's on the next head coach to recruit them. But if they did fire Tim Jankovic, it's open season. And you, if you go hire somebody, one, I think hiring would kind of be on hold. I mean, the NFL can't even formally announce free agents or do physicals. I know that's a different thing, but I mean, are you really going to hire a coach and fly him across the country from wherever he's been, tour your campus, come around your program and do all that, and you don't know where he's been? I just don't see it. So if you fired Jim Jankovic, players would enter, enter the transfer portal, look for new homes, would be recruited, and you can't hire a guy, and the, and, and the, the players can't come to campus and meet the new coach. You can jump on the phone all you want, but it's not the same thing. And in terms of re-recruiting a player to stay, that would be a major issue. So I think in terms of all of that, that's probably the number one thing that I would point to in terms of why a decision hasn't been made yet. And if it has, they certainly haven't leaked it, which certainly isn't helping. If they've made the decision, they should probably just leak it. You know, it, it, it doesn't hurt the, it, it doesn't help the program when, I mean, coaching changes is sliding into my DMs asking, what's kind of the deal? What's going on? Or people just tweeting about it in general, you know, looking for Tim Jankovic replacements when the decision's already made. So I think if the school's made a decision, they've got it. They've got to leak it somehow in terms of him returning. If they're looking at ways to go in a different direction, I understand why they haven't made a move as well. Because you can't re-recruit your players <laughs> and, and hire a coach during all this. You just can't. And then that leaves the staff to start working for their, you know, their next move, trying to find a, a next spot. And before you know it, you don't have a staff and all your players leave. At least you want a fair shot for your new head coach to re-recruit Kendrick Davis, Tyson Jolly, Bron Hunt, whoever he wants to bring up back, Isaiah Mike. All those guys, whoever he wants to bring back, he should have a chance to re-recruit them, which is why I don't think they've made a move. It's understandable. We'll see if they do. I think I've talked kind of through that enough, but that's kind of where my head's at as far as where things stand with the basketball program. We'll be tracking, of course, if anybody does enter the transfer portal. We've still seen players do that across the country. Haven't seen any SMU players just yet. I know Kendrick Davis and Fran Hunt, people have asked kind of what's their status. Uh, but I think right now everybody's just on hold, and it kind of makes sense uh, when you look at the landscape of, of college sports. So with that, guys, going to wrap up this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm glad to be back on the pod train. We're going to be doing more of these. I'm going to try to get two, two a week out. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try to get some creative ideas in here and see what we can do as uh, we continue to trudge through uh, this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Hope everyone is staying safe. Definitely do your part to keep this thing uh, at a minimum. I know I've been pretty much inside for uh, <laughs> the last week. So anyway, hope you guys are staying safe. Your families are staying safe and healthy and have a great weekend. We're going to get back on the pod on Monday. Talk to you then. 
the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!